Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Jay. And Mark. Americans, not surprisingly, are in a large part clueless about what the point of the 4th of July is. And of course, we've we've been pointing this out for years on Free Talk Live that there's been, for as long as I can remember, it seems like a concerted push to relabel the holiday from Independence Day to the 4th of July. The 4th of July, the day on which you purchase and explode firecrackers from China and buy alcohol and, uh, you know, meat for a barbecue and you throw a big party and you don't really know why. Because it's just the 4th of July. It's a day that people do these things, right? When I grew up, we used to go to New Hampshire and purchase our fireworks because uh, I was <laughs> you, in Massachusetts. Place you could. So we'd have to go buy these fireworks, drive across this imaginary border yep. where there's people ha- that have guns, uh, and then uh, drive, and then go buy these fireworks, which was totally fine, okay to do. And then you know, literally turn around and drive a quarter mile, and now you're you know in violation now of Massachusetts criminal. law, mm-hmm. and uh, go home and you know blow off fireworks. I you know, did that a lot. <laughs> I remember hearing uh, when we first moved here about Massachusetts state police. Uh, staking out the fireworks store parking lots in New Hampshire to look for people that had mass plates yep. and then pull them over on the way home. I think they stopped doing that, but that was definitely in the news in the past. Yeah, there was definitely, uh, and I, I forget, I think it's Jaffrey, New Hampshire, What uh, I think it's Route 202. Um, you know, the, the, the fireworks store is, you know, you could you know, throw a baseball into Massachusetts from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do remember a story about that. There was basically an undercover cop sitting mm-hmm. there uh, and he would radio cars that would just, you know, go south because the only place to go was Massachusetts. Right. Uh, and Damn. there'd be, you know, uh, and I, I remember driving through there years ago and I, I had gotten hay or something, but uh, I remember they just had like six or seven, you know, cruisers kind of, there's like a little like recreational area and there's like uh, mm-hmm. over there and yeah they had just, just lined up to pull people over just pulling people over mm-hmm. uh so yeah so it for a lot of people they don't even have the freedom to set off fireworks in different places in the united states not a particularly independent feeling but i don't think i've ever seen a poll like this before where according to the hyphen sun.com uh, looks like a poll has been done by an organization called One Poll. They spoke with a thousand U.S. respondents, ninety-nine percent of whom identified as either a born or naturalized U.S. citizen. And when asked what the Fourth of July is meant to officially commemorate, only fifty-nine percent gave the correct answer, which was the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Forty-one percent of them got the question wrong, although twenty-two percent was it multiple choice. I presume so, because they are saying that uh, 22% chose, quote, the establishment of the United States as an independent nation. So it's not as wrong. Those people aren't as wrong as they could be, I suppose, in that case. And only 45% correctly answered the year the very first organized celebration of independence took place, which was 1777, a year after the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. So 41%, four out of 10 people in the United States do not know what the point of Independence Day is. They don't even know probably that it's called Independence Day. So to tell you how old those the, these people are in this, I wonder how many of those 41% are, say, like under 25 or, or you know, 
Yeah, um, I'll or see grew if up can... in a city or you know something like that because it <clears throat> there's definitely huge uh, cultural conflicts in this country between you know the rural and the city areas with all kinds of things, especially things just like and also with you know the ones that uh, you know are still in some form of form of public indoctrination, whether it be public school or university. I think uh, basically what the United States of America, the, the Bill of Rights, the, the constitutions, all these freedoms, that all came to a sudden halt uh, in 1864 with Executive Order Number 1. What was that? Uh, executive Order Number, I believe it was March 31st, 1864 is when, and I could have that date a little wrong, is when Abraham Lincoln called on a militia to come stand guard at Washington, D.C. So this was basically the very beginning of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> by the time we got to Clinton... I believe that there was over 10,000 executive orders. Um, and so There was never one before Abraham Lincoln? He that, was the first one? That was number one, wow. from, unless somebody wants to correct me. That's amazing. Uh, so basically the Constitution was set, off, set, set aside mm-hmm. and was no longer in effect because the government was operating under uh, basically martial law. And then in 1867, we had the Reconstruction Acts of 1867, which is basically where our modern form of federal government down sort of control uh, started best I can tell, and <clears throat> the other thing too is uh, you know with uh, voting. So I like the idea of you know, um, and I used to like this a lot more when I was like more of a con- you know staunch conservative uh, twenty years ago. But if you are a welfare recipient or a government employee, if you're, you, you know, shouldn't be able to vote, shouldn't be able to vote. Yeah. Um, Seems fair. And but uh, my neighbor should you be might able, be able to get that one to pass you might be able to my in neighbor, the right circumstance my neighbor should be able to vote for anything that there is to vote for whatever however he feels as long as his vote doesn't impact my rights mm-hmm. i mean that was really the whole premise as far as i'm concerned like that's a sum of what the declaration of independence you know was about that you do anything you want as long as you don't violate anyone's life liberty or property to that same end the government employees should also not be allowed to come and testify to uh the state house because if you ever go to the state house in new hampshire it's very accessible anybody who wants to can come down there and testify on any bill every bill gets a, a public hearing so very easy to go down there and be heard but the problem is most of the people testifying there besides there are a bunch of free staters and they're doing a great job but most of the people testifying are government bureaucrats who are down there advocating police officers, Department of Transportation, you know, you name it. If there's a bill that could possibly expand their power, they're on the spot ready to testify in favor of why they should have more power and they should have a bigger budget and more control. And it's just so hard for the average person to take a day off of work and get up there. You have to really be dedicated uh, to go to that state house. But these government bureaucrats, they get paid yeah, to there, go to the state house there was uh i was 2017 i was there a bunch um at the state house just mm-hmm. watching these bills and there was a guy he represents the uh, chief of police association or something he oh, said oh yeah and uh, i think he was a laconia chief of police or or um, i forget what town but i talked to mm-hmm. him for a minute and uh um, white-haired guy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i said so you're getting paid to be here today he kind of yeah. he, he didn't really want to answer me mm-hmm. he's like so, yeah, it's part of my salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, finally was his answer. Mm-hmm. But, oh, speaking of hay, there's a whole bunch of DCYF social workers. We've been looking at their, you know, uh, I had a good meetup about a month ago with um, uh, J.R. Hole. And he's been doing, you know, State Representative J.R. Hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been doing a bunch of research. A whole bunch of these social workers are making like 40, 50 grand a year just in overtime. 
they're like God. you know yearly paychecks like over a hundred grand a year just to ruin people's lives and, and and they're all just miserable stupid people it, it, it it's it's incredible wow yeah the, the, the parasites really gotten out of control in fact uh, when i run for state rep again one of the things i want to uh, i want to i want to do is um uh promote or be part of my campaign is uh the government needs an ivermectin treatment or to go, or 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 the state needs to be dewormed. Deworm them, because <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of these like nasty parasites in the state that would yeah, yeah. serve no purpose in a free economy. But there are a lot of like positions in the state that would actually you know exist in a free economy. Sure, like, like you know, snowplow guy. All, yeah, that yeah. stuff like that infrastructure. Right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we, we the state needs an ivermectin treatment in a bad way. <laughs> are you going to run again next year? I think so, okay. as long as my wife lets me. Uh, you got to keep up the momentum for sure. It's not independence for you on Independence Day. It's independence for the United States government from the British government. Like, that's what the purpose is. I, get I don't it know if there was a United States government at the time the declaration was uh, was. There certainly signed. wasn't. As a matter of fact, it was a bunch of uh, individual states that put out a declaration. They went, they came together and put out a declaration. And by the way, the term "we the people" doesn't come around for another close to two decades. So then, that would um, argue against what you're saying, and that would be that those people were declaring independence together from the uh, the the king and his government, and that they didn't even have a real government to to replace it with at that point. Well, how's this? fine it's the independence of 13 nations from the from great britain okay and and to uh further comment on what you had to say about uh you know the government u.s government has the independence actually the u.s government just has monopoly on violence or in fact in fact they are totally dependent on people being dependent on the state uh, this is why health and human services wants to make sure that there's as many drug addicts as possible in every city uh, you know, just ask any EMT who responds to a heroin overdose. Uh, if the guy who did the heroin overdose or the opiate overdose, um, you know, has an EBT card and they're going to be like, oh yeah, they all, they all do. In fact, I can't re- recall any of them that don't, you know, cause health and human services want to make sure they keep on, you know, doing their drugs. Uh, but yeah, so we have a major, we have a codependency issue. Uh, you know, so the, the government is very dependent on, you know, a serfdom class, a slave mm-hmm. class, a consumers and producers, and also... And they're making more of them all the time. And they're very dependent on a whole useless class of people who just, you know, sit there and, you know, are, are in hunched over position, you know, constantly because they're getting whacked out on, you know, the cheapest high they can find on the street, which today I guess yeah. is, um, you know, what was that? fentanyl. Heroin, fentanyl. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, all that stuff is very much government subsidized. It's all brought into the country by the government. It's all distributed Man, those by videos the government. of those junkies on uh, city streets are just heartbreaking. Kensington Street, Philadelphia is like the scariest ones, but even like Venice Beach and mm, um, San Francisco. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's Portland. Just, uh, Seattle, there's so much of it. And it's a direct result of a government requiring, you know, the government is dependent on that to be out there. So here we can, you know, we need to take care of these people. This is the example, you know, this kind of stuff. And also, but the fact is, is if the product, you know, if all all we got to do to really limit government now is the easiest in history is just stop trading in their, in their coin. Stop using their script, you know. They'll, well, they're not the making dollar. it easy, I'll tell you that. I mean, they're making it very difficult to get into cryptocurrency. I mean, we were talking with sure. Aaron Day about it over the weekend, the Republican presidential candidate, the only one that actually, you know, is a liberty-minded person. He's a free stater. Uh, he wrote a book uh, about it, and it is, you know, it's 
it's harder than it's ever been. I mean, they, yep. they want people to be ready to be taking on their central bank digital currency. They want people to think that the central bank digital currency or the CBDC is the same thing as Bitcoin. It's a digital uh, currency. You don't need this Bitcoin stuff. In fact, we're going to make it hard for you to even get Bitcoin is what they're I, trying to do. I wonder how um, how well the uh, the drug dealer is going to adopt the uh, CBDC. CBDC because because mm-hmm. right now you can go down. There's, there's so there's tons of ways in any big city in America where there will be someone who will be willing to sell you you know their EBT card. Right. You know, all the groceries on it for 25% or right. 50%. Just so they can get some cash for some drugs. Yeah. Right. So uh, so I, I just, um, you know, the big thing is that the uh, drug dealers are going to have to be able to take this, you know, central bank digital currency in order to, True. you know, uh, make that work because, um, you know, uh, but I, I, I'm sure they'll be away from the do it. I well, mean, I mean, they're not going to get rid of cash the next day. So they're going to have cash for some amount of time. But you're right. That will be a real challenge for them if and when they eliminate cash from the economy. What will? Because drugs are still going to get sold. They're sure. still going to figure out a way. But what yeah. sort of creative? Well, it's ways not just they're going to get sold. I mean, this is the Jay's point, and it's it's pretty valid. Is is that to we know that the United States government has been involved in shipping gu- drugs into the United States. Mm, now, sure, the CIA. How involved? We can't prove. The military. But we know that it's true. Yeah. Is it one percent? Is it ninety nine percent? I don't know. But it makes sense that they built the prison industrial complex to incarcerate their competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We're not there yet, uh, and I don't know how long it's going to be from the implementation of the CBDC to the elimination of cash. You know, that's I, their plan. I suspect but- that the CBDC is really going to just bring a massive hyperinflation within the CBDC itself, um, mm-hmm. because. Well, first that's off, the plan. Yeah, in order if, if that's the only way you can pay me for a service, like for example, it's the only way you're you able to pay. You can't have a CBDC account. You don't have um, a social security number. And uh, well, I mean, I could probably get one if I really wanted to, like you know, sign up for their system somehow, yeah. or get maybe get a, a number or something, which I'm not going to do. That? Yeah, right. Uh, but like, you're not going to get my service. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, but I've found ways ways to have people you know use a credit card, for example, to pay me. And they'll pay me 50% more or 100% more, for example, to do something or, 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 or a check because, you know, I got to like send it to some third party somehow to, right. you, you gotta, know, make it work. It's a hassle. Work. It's a hassle. And, uh, you know, you, actually it was something I had to do a lot before crypt, cryptocurrency became, mm-hmm. you know, I, I couldn't buy anything on, I never bought anything basically uh, online or on Amazon until uh, purse.io came out. Oh, oh the first rest time. in peace, purse.io. The it's news just came out within the last 24 to 48 hours that it, it, it almost died a few years ago and then somebody rescued it. And now it's apparently been bought by some other company and that other company just sure shutting up. it down. What I'm saying is a little speculation about like going back to the farmers. So like these farmers aren't going to accept CBDCs. Well, all the farmers that are selling stuff to Walmart are government subsidized anyways. So what's gonna mm-hmm. what is, is gonna happen is the C, what they can do with the CBDCs really easy is they can hyperinflate the crap out of them. Sure. Um. Just you, and 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 so what's gonna happen is because the price so the price of food is gonna skyrocket as soon as this, as soon as you start giving everyone on welfare these CBDCs to do the food. Uh. And what's gonna happen is like so I'm a food producer. You're not gonna I'm you're not paying me that. Uh, I'm not taking that that you know that evil script. Um, and I don't even want to take dollars from anybody. Uh, I take a minimal amount of dollars. And so uh, what I believe is going to happen is the CBDC is going to hyperinflate 
And then the dollar will be sort of like running alongside of it. All these fiats are going to hyperinflate and it's going to um, uh, sort of hopefully collapse this like legacy system. And the people who will be able to ride out this collapse are the ones that are, you know, have experience trading outside of, you know, the fiat, for example, using cryptocurrency, using mm-hmm. gold back, using silver, or just using barter, barter, whatever you do, wh- whatever you produce, whatever your skill is. I'm, that That's, I think we're going to see a lot of that coming back. And this is another reason I'm so glad I'm on this land we call New Hampshire, because there are so many people that I just trade with here and we trade outside the dollar. And it's a very, very normal thing. In fact, sometimes like at Porkfest, for example, if you're like, oh, I want to pay in dollars, they'll, you know, people kind of sort of give you a, you know, a dirty look. <laughs> you know, they, they want that gold back or that, you know. Bitcoin Cash or Monero. Monero is a hot one. That's that's the mm-hmm. one a lot of people are like. Oh, pay me a Monero. Uh, I, I one time at Porkfest bought a blowgun from a ten-year-old with Monero. <laughs> nice, it's <laughs> pretty sweet. So, but getting back to these currency, I think the uh, as I had said earlier, you know, the easiest way to essentially deal with a bad government is right now in history because two hundred years ago, it, it would have been very hard to just ignore. You know the currency, you know of of the the world currency, which would be the English pound, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. You know, two hundred fifty years ago. Yeah. Um, today we have that technology. We can just pretty much almost ignore the dollar. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, maybe except for paying property taxes. But if you if the dollar starts getting ignore, ignored on a massive level within the United States, which is the last place it's basically being ignored, so with all of these countries joining the BRICS. Actually, and one other thing I was thinking too: Can New Hampshire just join the BRICS? <laughs> I don't think right? yet. You know, can, can, can we do it? Can we just trade directly our gold backs with Vladimir Putin for cheap oil? <laughs> That's what I want to do. Um, You're getting but, ahead of yourself, right? Jay. Right? We right. Got, <laughs> we got a little <laughs> but, ways to go on that one. But anyways, if if um, you know the next revolution, I believe is going to be a, a financial revolution. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, cause and what, they're pulling out all the stops to right? to put and, that thing down. They yeah. want to kill uh, cryptocurrency in the cradle, and I think they're yep. a little too late on that. But they're they're making it as hard as possible. Um, Aaron Day in his book The Final Countdown does do a really good job of introducing people to these ideas, talking good. about the CBDC, talking about the uh, you know the UN and uh, the IMF and the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, all these big international, big government, world government organizations that are pushing countries towards uh, the CBDC and giving people literally step-by-step instructions on how to protect themselves financially by getting into cryptocurrency, getting into uh, self-custody, precious metals. And I, I got to say, I, I really thought it was a great book. I read the the whole thing so if you are hearing us talking about and you this, haven't re- and you don't read many books i don't so and you're wondering really- what can i do about this you know you, you know you see the the dark clouds on the horizon you're wondering what do, what do i do you can do this stuff and he, and he makes it as simple as like you know 15 minutes i mean it you can just get cracking on this and within a matter of an hour you've got a little bit more financial independence and the greatest way as the as anyone in the world can exercise dependence I believe is exercising um, trade outside of fiat, trade mm-hmm. outside of the dollar of whoever the crown is around you. You know, so in the U.S., trade outside that U.S. dollar. Stop writing checks. Stop swiping cards. Stop using Venmo. Stop using, you know, um, all these you know dollar-based apps, especially these digital ones. Because all uh, another thing too is like, 
you know, um, some a friend of mine comes to buy some you know meat off me one day, and she's like, uh, "Can I pay you in Venmo?" I'm like, no. <laughs> well, why are you doing that? You, you don't you don't have you know hundred bucks worth of meat. You don't have a hundred dollars. You don't keep a hundred dollars. And you oh, I got a bank account. Can I write you a check? I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, have you not been paying attention to like what I'm about and what I'm what I'm doing? And she's like, oh, not really. You know, you know. So kind of you know, Jeez. yeah. And and she's she's good. She's actually she's a really great. Uh, mom she can stack hay her kids are awesome she's just you know but she's learning you know mm-hmm. it's a learning curve for everyone so uh you know she um uh, and i think that's important is to understand that uh we were all there one at one point mm-hmm. and that it's easy to get flat, frustrated with people when they aren't where we are in whatever the areas that it's important to us but everybody just needs education and people learn best from somebody with a good attitude yeah, that's true. And it is important to be able to say no and turn somebody down. Uh, I know Chris Wade was doing this at the Porcupine Freedom Festival where he would come up to a vendor. You know, he's hungry, he wants yep. to get some lunch and like, hey, I'd like to get your tacos. Do you take goldbacks uh, or cryptocurrency? And they might say no, cash only. He would say, I'm sorry. I'd... He, and then turn around and walk away. He, he, was, uh, he was one of the guys that sort of complained in passing to me about not cooking. Uh, at pork fest well, you year. are a really good cook so. and uh well and, and well he, his was like oh i miss your tacos and yeah. and he's like and you'll take gold backs and cryptocurrency and i don't even have to ask you i just i <laughs> I, I just i just you know scan your qr code you got displayed right there this there way, was you know, a taco do... place that was taking gold backs oh, that's good well so. he, he might not have found it but he just yeah. made that comment to me you know so but there was a taco place that was only doing cash and that was like come on where do you guys do you guys know where you are <laughs> We were talking about people who don't really want to celebrate Independence Day. They're uh, they're getting kind of burned on the idea that uh, patriotism is some sort of rational thing to be involved with. A survey by YouGov, according to the New York Times, found that 56% of American adults uh, plan to join in the Independence Day festivities this year. So, you know, it's uh, just barely a majority of Americans that are participating in celebrating Independence Day. They give some more examples of some left-leaning people like Marissa Vivori, a 29-year-old tech product manager in Manhattan, remembers the last time she celebrated the 4th of July. A few summers ago, she was going to the Hamptons, she said, on the most packed Long Island Railroad train she'd ever been on. She said, I didn't get a seat and I was standing in the aisle. The toilet overflowed and we all had to hold our bags. She says she never realized she never loved the holiday. She said, I remember even as a kid feeling bad for the animals during the fireworks. Logistically celebrating in New York City poses challenges. She says, you're either in Manhattan and it's super hot and you're figuring out where you want to watch the fireworks or you're trying to leave to go to the Jersey Shore of the Hamptons and it's a fortune and overcrowded. She also has political qualms now with the holidays saying that last summer Roe versus Wade was overturned and that really made me (laughs) less inclined to celebrate. Uh, animals and fireworks. So one of my friends, all of his cows got out the other day because they blew off some fireworks. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, you need to blow off fireworks a lot more so your cows are used, used to, to it, it. Uh, not just do it when it's dark all of a sudden and some fireworks go off. And they knock a fence over and, and just uh, they just ran through it. a fence or running around. He he was able to get them all rounded up by um, uh, the next morning. But uh, uh, anyways, so I got the gun range at my place and we have a gun church event. You know, once in a while, once a month. Uh, we haven't been doing it much lately because we've been too busy. But my guns are used to bang. My, my cows are used to bang. So when my neighbors mm-hmm. were, you know, I don't know. I think somebody was 
somebody was doing some big fireworks works next to me uh, last night and the mm-hmm. night before, and like my cows just like picked up their heads and looked in that direction. No biggie, went, and they just went back to eating yeah. hay. Uh, <laughs> They're not shooting at us. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and one more thing I wanted to say. If you can hear the shot, you're, you you lived. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, one thing I want to say, Mark, you had uh, mentioned uh, something a few minutes ago about uh, the voters haven't changed or the people haven't changed since then. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I kind of think uh, our culture has changed a real lot. I believe t- today okay. people, people very much lack wisdom uh, that they had you know, 200 years ago, they, uh, and they also lack confidence. So, you know, 200 years ago, for example, you know, every 12 year old needed to know how to fit a harness correctly to a horse or to an ox. They knew how to, you know, check the lubrication on the wheel bearings and check the tension of the wheel bearings or, or, or the end play on their wagon. Now they know how to boot up the Nintendo switch. Uh, you know, (laughs) that's about it. 75, 80 years ago, Every young man and woman, and this is what I had a conversation with with my, you know, 70-year-old aunt uh, this weekend. Um, my aunt says, oh, sure. When I was 17 years old, I had a car. She goes, you, you, you know I knew how to change a tire, and I knew how to um, replace the points. She goes, I would take a fingernail file and have to clean the points once in a while. She knew how to remove the spark plugs from her car and clean them and put them back in hmm. because cars needed lots of maintenance. They weren't super reliable. Um, and even like all the things that we're teaching, uh, at my place, all the kids, like with planting seeds and picking weeds and hauling those weeds to the cows and feeding the cows and, you know, collecting the chicken eggs and feeding the chickens and just, uh, cleaning the chicken coop. Like none of those skills are necessary today to, you know, uh, to, to basically live a normal life because you can just take what you like. If you're an accountant, you just use that, you know, accounting you know, skill that you have, the number crunching skill, or you're some kind of pencil pusher, you go to work in your cubicle or you zoom to work. I mean, it's getting to the point where you don't even really need a car anymore. Even in rural America, everything can be delivered to you and you don't Mm. even need to go to work. Um, But it's, so it's gotten to the point today where like, you know, uh, a lot of people, especially the radical leftists, um, very much lack wisdom because you don't have to have any wisdom to survive and have a good life right here now in america all, all you need no, to do true. is go to college listen to the um to the guidance counselors and the, and they will you just live on welfare like it, sarah the, and well they can you know you can go get your parasite job you know that you got went to college for and, and as long as you're working for the government your college loans will either be deferred or they'll be maybe even paid for you know a lot of people a lot a lot of uh, people go into the military just so they can get their college college debt taken care of or at least deferred so they don't have to pay for it i know so many people have done that but yeah, there's definitely a big lack of wisdom um, in people who d- didn't learn like how to work as a young kid, I believe, and mm-hmm. like haven't had to actually work for themselves. Like one of the guys I really want to uh, debate next time around, I run for state rep, is this Tony Kaplan. Um, who is he's, that? He's a state representative for uh, Henniker, New Hampshire. The current state. Current okay. guy. Yep. And Democrat. Um, Democrat. You know he basically career parasite. You know he worked in you know school mm. systems. You know pretty much his entire life. But the guy just like. Very much lacks wisdom, um, as all do these leftists, and uh, and and it's very clear to me uh, the, the wisdom is just not there, or they're lying. It's one or the other. So mm. we'll give him a benefit of doubt and just say, well, he's kind of ignorant. He lacks wisdom, but <clears throat> um, and they just have a bunch of followers, a bunch of cult members, best I can tell. You know, like he, you know, even. 
you know, not even a year ago, he's all like, oh, yeah, this vaccine thing, you know, um, has to happen. Everybody needs to be va- mandated to be vaccinated. And, you know, he's you know still on that. And he voted for, like, you know, all these, like, horrible things that, you know, basically only someone incompetent or who lacks wisdom uh, or is evil, you know, would support. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a lot of that going on now. We have a lot of people who are have gray hair in their in gray hair. And they don't really have any skills. They've never really done any actual real work. Like, you know, if they, um, you know, if 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 they had to hack it, you know, a hundred years ago, they wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't made have made it. it. <laughs> Sarah, you were saying you're upset at people setting off fireworks because you say that legal fireworks give way to illegal fireworks. What exactly do you mean by that? Well. The thing is that the legal fireworks is like for little kids and it's no fun. And it's right. uh, they have to, you know, let's say you tell somebody not to do it. They're going to go out and do it even more. And so, <laughs> I, and yeah, I can usually, relate. Right. And then it's usually the minors, right? They're uh, like maybe 15, 16, or they're under 18. So that there's no penalties for mm-hmm. them, if they set somebody's roof on fire, you know, they shoot off an illegal firework. How are they getting these roof. illegal fireworks? I have no idea where where they're going to get it, but what I like about our HAO is there's no fireworks at all in our little HAO. What is that, a homeowner's so association? Thankful. That's correct. Uh-huh. So we don't allow, you know, legal, illegal. So and no that. fun whatsoever is allowed in your neighborhood well you could have fun in the balloon park or whatever they're going to do the fireworks but not around here we we just don't want our houses to be caught on fire and Mm. and you know kids uh you know if you're walking by these kids are what is it all these things are they pop and crack and they can hurt people even the legal fireworks you could get burned and and so far, I just don't like it. And plus, over here, they love to shoot off guns on top of it, like uh, <laughs> well, 4th of July. This is, uh, this is highly dangerous. If somebody shoots a gun in the air, that bullet does come down. Yeah, and that bullet yeah, is, is deadly when it does. And I did look it yeah. up as Sarah was rambling on here. Um, there, in fact, was a house in uh, Kansas, which, East Wichita, that was burned down because of uh, fireworks. Sarah, here's what I'd say is, is that I completely support you and your homeowners association choosing to um, not, you know, shoot off fireworks. However, I don't think that the whole world should not have fireworks because some people don't like it. Right. Like the, uh, the you know, the one lady doesn't like it in the homeowners association or the little old lady's dog doesn't like it or whatever the reasons are is Fireworks is something fun, and people want to do fun things. Well, the good news is, according to a Reader's Digest article at rd.com, they made one of those handy little maps that shows by color what the different regulations are out there. And it looks like uh, New Mexico does permit a majority of consumer fireworks. So if there are some that are illegal, it is a very, very small number because uh, this is the most one of the most free statuses, I guess. Uh, so does New Hampshire. The only state, Jay, that has a total ban on consumer fireworks is Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, How's it going? <laughs> well, are, is nobody in Massachusetts sh- setting off fireworks? Because well, I'll bet that it's just going pow, pow, pow all day. Last year, 
uh, there was a video that I uh, came across. I don't know where I saw it and somebody's show or something, but um, on YouTube, but it, you know, so LA Los Angeles, you mm-hmm. know, there's supposed to be like a fireworks ban. Um, I don't know if that shows up on your map, on your map there. Uh, California is uh, somewhat more restrictive. They permit non aerial and non explosive fireworks. So only the little kitty stuff. In so anyways, the, yeah. So sprinklers, uh, spring, sparklers. sparklers are illegal in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, it could be. I don't know if it's a full out, right? I mean, it says all consumer fireworks are banned in oh, Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. So, anyways, because um, I had a bunch of those in my truck the other day when I went down there, I didn't even know oh, they were there until I got criminal <laughs> criminal act. So, anyways, um, I bought them from, from a seven year old at Pork Fest uh, sparklers, <laughs> and I was letting my three year old play with them. She was having a blast. But, anyways, uh, uh, so there's a video of like L.A. It was like a drone footage. And it was a 4th of July or, or something. And just everywhere in the entire, you know, this is like a big chunk of the city. Just mm-hmm. fireworks, you know, the illegal type. Illegal fireworks. Just yeah. going off everywhere. Nice. Uh, so I thought that was pretty good. Like and also, like, like this homeowner association thing. My mom's got a house at a homeowner association place. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't, I, I, I would not be Couldn't able to live, live like that in yeah, a homeowner association. No. But the thing is, is that's kind of what's available for a lot of new development because... There's a lot of uh, Agenda 21 money, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, we did some researches on some research on some of these like Colorado and you know, California, um, you know, developments. And what happens? You have the United Nations literally giving like a few million dollars to the developer or the contractor mm-hmm. to basically write into the deed that there will be these regulations. And what do they call a convent community? Oh, um, wow. I think because there's all these restrictions and stuff. But like covenant, covenant, yeah, yeah, yeah covenant yeah. Commu- community. Um, and a lot of that comes right out of the uh, UN, United Nations, oh, and they give money to the uh, developers. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight, Matthew? Yeah, I was just calling because you were talking about the the articles about people not celebrating uh, Independence Day, and I, I think that a lot of that is driven by um, the agenda for the the people in the media that, that work on the left wing. Because you, you never hear stories like that um, when uh, they only make stories like that when they don't have control of the, the political machine. And so when they have an electoral setback, they try to use that as a way to to bring that back. I mean, you never hear like when Roe versus Wade got repealed, they didn't have stories about that. When, when you've got Waco and Ruby Ridge, no one said I'm not celebrating because the government is murdering people or like when Obama murdered a 16 year old American citizen in Yemen because he was visiting his father. No one was like, Mm. I'm not going to celebrate Independence Day. I mean, I I live in in, uh, Seattle, Washington, and there are people that have been setting off fireworks for the past three days. um, Like the liberal Mecca and, and fireworks are banned here. Wow. And there's a wildfire risk, and people are still doing it. So I think that it's just people that— Well, you let me know when they're setting off fireworks in Portland. Then we'll know that America is truly patriotic. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that, like, I mean, the, Portland certainly got a lion's share of the media attention, but Seattle was where they were assaulting federal buildings. I remember watching protest streams in 2020 where 
Um, that, I think that the protests were just as heavy, uh, heavy in Seattle. Portland just gets. I'm only teasing you. That's okay. I, I have a theory why there was... I agree with you. Everything you've said completely, that's why I'm teasing you. <laughs> I, I have a theory, a little digression here on, on ex- quite exactly why uh, a whole bunch of people were burning down their own neighborhoods, essentially. Um, first off, these a lot of these people in cities that are young, have you know they, their brains were developed uh, under influence of an internet device. And second, there was uh, probably a whole bunch of agent provocateurs that, you know, are able to, um, you know, uh, via the Internet and and chat groups and Facebook pages to sort of, you know, get people riled up. And, you know, and of course, they're working with the algorithm. So, you know, if uh, if anyone knows who's going to follow the, uh, you know, the directions of an agent provocateur, uh, the algorithm knows, Facebook knows, you know, Google knows. This is the purpose of these algorithms to figure out who, who can be an agent provocateur, who can follow along, who can do this stuff. Uh, and then, of course, we have agent provocateurs and, you know, pro- whoever, CIA, whatever, you know, George Soros influencer, like, um, yeah, let's uh, get together and go do this. Black Lives Matter, you know, Antifa, you know, whatever. So I think that um, – that's sort of my theory right there is you get a bunch of algorithmic slaves who are going to do what the algorithm says and they're just going to follow, you know, these people that the algorithm promotes is to look up to or, 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 or the guys that are like, you know, oh, I recognize you from, uh, you know, the uh, BLM chat, you know, you're cool. I'm going to follow you and then let's start throwing Molotov cocktails or whatever, start burning <laughs> buildings down. I mean, but when you got a whole bunch of people that their whole life, they've been told that, hey, well, the white people have been oppressing you. And then you got white people who are like, hey, I'm really sorry that we've been oppressing you. I'm going to join you guys and, you know, burning down a neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> just, you know, we just got a lot of people that just can't think for themselves right now. They can't do logic and reasoning, mostly because the Internet rewired their brain when they were young. No, I mean, government school probably helped a lot with that. Well, it, that helps, too. But, like, yeah. you, you know, you're, there's going to be a lot more of these people voting this time around, you know, mm-hmm. that have been rewired by the Internet. So, you know, probably whoever the algorithm tells them to vote for is going to be president. Well, which will be interesting. It won't matter anyway. I mean, whoever, right. you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter who well, wins. I, Go ahead, Matthew. I think that, I think the algorithm aside, I, I think that Jay brings up a good point about the, uh, when you think about like in the summer of 2020, when you had guys like Unicorn Riot and all these streamers, everything was live broadcast to the internet. And, mm-hmm. and then when people started to, they thought that that was going to help win them over. And then what happened is that the streamers started, like you would go to protest. And if you were trying to stream the content, the protesters would actually block your camera. Um, mm. and, and they would start to shut you down because they realized that they, they thought that they had the, the people on their side. And most reasonable people were like, this is ridiculous. Like you can't, you can't just go out and burn down buildings. And, and in some cases, shoot people in the street. Um, and, and think that that's okay and it's going to win people to your side. So I, I, I think that um, the, the algorithm certainly drives things. I, I, I don't know if I'm 100% on board with the Internet-connected devices thing, but I, I certainly think that there are a lot of people that are overplaying their hands on thinking that people are going to go along with some of this, uh, some of this violence um, in order to enact people ch- um, political change. California, there's another group of people there talking about creating another state, breaking away from California. This is in the apparently the northern part of California, the story coming out of the Sacramento Bee. And when considering the possibility of a 51st state, places like D.C. and Puerto Rico are likely some of the first to spring to mind. But what about a sparser alternative nestled between California and Nevada? 
with prime views of Lake Tahoe's southern shore. A new proposal put forth by a resident and supported by at least one former county leader would have El Dorado County secede from California and become its own state. The idea is being spearheaded by county resident Sharon Durst, who spoke alongside former county supervisor Ray Nutting, an unfortunate last name, at a community meeting last month, the Mountain Democrat newspaper reported, Durst also laid out the case for secession in a more than 7,000-word post published May 26th on the platform Substack. She wrote, quote, El Dorado relies mostly on its income from tourism and on the unhappy people from Sacramento, the Bay Area, and Los Angeles buying residential and second homes away from the crime-ridden metropolitan areas. She said further, the people of El Dorado County want their former livelihoods restored and their rural way of life respected. Even without its geographical major economic drivers, the people of the county are economically resilient and self-sustaining. The post opens with sentences mirroring the Declaration of Independence and makes clear that the proposal is to secede from California and become an independent U.S. state rather than secede from the United States. The new state would be known as the Republic for El Dorado State bit of a mouthful uh is the the county secession plan legal durst argues the case for secession based on article 4 section 3 of the constitution which reads quote congress shall have the power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory or other property belonging to the united states and nothing in this constitution shall be so construed as to prejudice any claims of the u.s or of any particular state she said in her substack post uh, that El Dorado County is other property under the power of Congress, not the California legislature, and that this language opens the door for the jurisdiction to divorce itself from the Golden State. So it sounds like she's saying that she doesn't have to ask or that El Dorado County doesn't have to ask permission from the state of California to leave. It sounds like that's the argument yep. she's making. I here. would agree that it does not have to ask, uh, you know, I'm no constitutional scholar, but I would say it would not have to ask California that it would simply have to ask the United States government. The United States government spoke California into existence and it could speak El Dorado, the state of El Dorado into existence too. Instead of watching Netflix, instead of, you know, just scrolling through TikTok or YouTube or Facebook, learn a skill, exercise that skill, whatever it is, you know, you blacksmithing is something i mm-hmm. like teaching kids to do it's a fun thing it's a, a confidence builder but just just learn a skill and become valuable and like <clears throat> just think how how uh you know if new hampshire was able to do direct trading with say vladimir putin right or or, or a gas prom is that what the russian oil companies call like we can just because so, yeah. you know, so new hampshire's not because we got lots of granite to drill through and we're not like really in a pro- i don't know maybe there is oil in new hampshire i'm not sure <laughs> but there's definitely a bunch of oil out west yeah um and uh but like you know we could buy you know cheap cheap energy if we wanted to in fact i really like the idea of having a you know several of these you know very safe nuclear power plants i think they're called like thorium reactors mm-hmm. i'm not really so sure about I, no, i'm not i'll take any nuclear power um when you compare the amount of deaths that have occurred since uh three mile island with uh from oil you know just the petroleum hydrocarbons sure. har- hydrocarbons generally versus all the deaths that have occurred from nuclear power N- nuclear power is by far the safest thing even old antiquated nuclear power forget yep. the melt meltdown proof thorium reactors right which are still experimental but are, and but will likely be some amazing technology in yeah the, the new tech nuclear stuff is really exciting from from what we've heard 
Yeah, that's what I really like. My father-in-law, I spent a little time with him um, last week, and uh, he worked in the uh, nuclear power plant most of his... Well, he worked in the nuclear power plants for his pretty much his entire engineering career. Mm-hmm. And um, But he worked over at that one in Portsmouth for a long time. I, f- I forget what that one's called. That's where he put over 20 years in there. And uh, yeah, he just loves the idea of uh, you know a thorium reactor. And in fact, he's one of these guys, we were somewhere talking about a nuclear power plant, and some lady says to him, would you like a nuclear power plant in your backyard? And he said, Absolutely. actually, he goes, you could put it right underneath my bed if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, the thorium <laughs> ones can't be uh, melted down and they're, they've come up with uh, these little mini power plants that can power a whole neighborhood from like a relatively small little container, essentially, as I understand it. Uh, so, yeah, you could pop one of those things out in your uh, the side of your house right next to your, air, you know, your air conditioner or whatever it is that's out there and you know, sell power to your neighbors if you wanted to. For God knows how long. Uh, you know, Jay, you're talking about learning a skill. I know that a couple of weeks ago you were over at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is something we spent a lot of time talking about. Our uh, co-host, Aria DiMezzo, before she went to prison, was doing live broadcasts uh, or recorded broadcasts there from the campground. And I don't think she had a chance to talk to you as far as an interview is concerned, but you were probably really busy over there at Man Camp, which is something you've been telling our listeners about here. Uh, You did some fundraising for it to try to teach not just kids, but also adults, anybody who comes to uh, to Man Camp, to help them learn a skill, something that they, you know, didn't already know about, like how to, what? What were you doing over there? So basically, I was just teaching kids how to forge iron. So I had a propane Mm -hmm. forge set up. Basically, it's all my stuff when I was horseshoeing. So all the equipment I had there, I've actually had for nearly 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But when I was like, you know, from the time I was 12 to the time I was about 25, one of my things I did was put shoes on horses. <clears throat> so uh, I, and when I was 21 years old or 22 years old, I bought out a guy, all of his equipment, the forge, the anvil, a lot of the stuff that I had there. Mm-hmm. So I had that set up. And then I made these smaller anvils uh, that I made. So I, I didn't make a small anvil. So I had got a small anvil. And we set that up just on a uh, like a 12-inch tall stump, you know, from just a piece of firewood that you would split. Instead of, you know, splitting it, we just left it the the, the round. And I had the uh, little anvil on there so, you know, like five- and six-year-old kids could, you know, be at their waist height. Um, in fact, uh, my kids were banging on it the whole time that we weren't operating man, man camp. And, um, and anyways, because uh, my kids are a little too small to be playing with you know, molten hot metal and, yep. you know, swinging it around. I let them actually uh, uh, take the take the hammer and just bang on cold iron and put safety glasses on. They like that. But okay. they're, but anyways, we, uh, I taught, so we can make a, we make coat hook hangers. Uh, we made um, uh, some other ornamental art, some more functional art, a bunch of uh, like a, a squirrel cooker uh, was one of the things It's basically like a big long fork that you make out of, uh, you know, twisting, you know, wire steel together, three sixteenths rod. Um, I set up like a custom anvil set up for these, uh, young kids to bang on. I had different size hammers. And, uh, so I had a a six year old, um, his name's Warner. Uh, he did a fantastic job. He made his own coat hook. He was, uh, um, could really tell a lot about the parenting of these kids and sort of, you know, how they're brought up, uh, just kind of by working with them and, and his parents are doing a fantastic job with him. Because uh, he just followed all the directions really good. He was really focused on it. But this is also a family. They're homeschoolers. The kids don't use internet devices. And um, so he made a coat hook. And actually, he did it in about 30 minutes, which was pretty pretty good. 
selling the meat did better than the man camp did. Or dollars wise. Dollars wise. Yeah, yeah, but but selling the meat didn't raise anyone's confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't yeah. did, didn't give uh, kids cool ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, it, didn't, it, it wasn't. You know, nobody. I mean, it, actually, a lot of people were disappointed that wasn't selling. Uh, you know, cooking I food. Bet. I bet uh, it gives a lot of families sustainably raised meat. Um, that. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to quantify the value of that, but I can tell you, I served a lot of families in New Hampshire for uh, some years with uh, humanely raised meat, and you know, you can't put a number on it, right? Although some did, although everybody did, and I did too. <laughs> so, so, so the bottom line is, is um, I got so much positive feedback and text messages, pictures. In fact, I got another message um, uh, yesterday from a guy. He says, uh, the, uh, uh, the coat hook my son made still hasn't been mounted because he just wants to bring it everywhere to show, show everyone. He's oh, been showing cool. it to his friends, to his, to his, to his grandmother, you know, nice. everyone he, you know, that, that comes around. And, uh, and he's like, what a confidence builder, mm. you, know, you know, this was in my son. Uh, another guy, he was one of the first guys to come and do it with his, with his son, he came back around on Sunday before he left, and he's like, "Hey, man, I really want to thank you a lot." And he, and he gave me fifty bucks. Okay, um, all right. And I said, "I, I, I want to thank you a lot. Uh, this is really uh, awesome. Um, you, uh, this, uh, this forging exercise, this blacksmithing that you're do- that you're doing here, has caused uh, these kids to level up their character in the game we call life." And I said, "Yep, you know what my dad called that? My dad called it manning up. You got to <laughs> My dad would had, had two terms. There was cowboy up. You just need to cowboy up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and the cowboy up is like when you're going to get on that horse that's like snorting and swishing his tail and, you know, probably going to buck you off. That's a cowboy up situation. And then there was like manning up was just it had to it had to do it no matter what. You don't have to cowboy up, but you but you have to man up. Okay. And I uh, you know, was sort of the thing. So uh but yeah, and so anyways, oh, the moms that were concerned. So, mm. so so the moms were definitely watching some of these kids and they're like concerned. And I'm like, ah, I'll, I go, if you're not, if, if you don't think your son can handle this, you know, you get right in here and help out too. <laughs> uh-huh. So they did a couple of moms were just swinging hammers and doing it and uh, having a great job. In fact, one of the first people who did man camp was like a 38 year old woman. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any kids. But, uh, you know, as soon as she swung that hammer two or three times and she had it and was doing it really well. And, mm. you know, I, but she's like, oh, yeah, she goes, my my grandfather taught me how to swing a hammer. And uh, um, so another thing I did at man camp for uh, the little kids that couldn't do the hot forging yeah. is I just let them bang nails into some wood I had. Okay. So we had the hammers and we had some nails. And I also let them use um, uh, my uh, screw, my impact driver uh, mm-hmm. screw gun thing. So they were just running screws into uh, like the block of wood that the anvil was on, yep. and uh, they were banging nails into it. And I'm just letting them sink nails into it. And one little girl comes over. Uh, her name's Molly. She's five. And uh, Molly and, and my daughter, Cypress, are buddies. And uh, Molly's like, we can play with adult tools. I'm like, yes, you can. She's like, I'm going <laughs> to hang out over here all the time. And she's just <laughs> you know, taking a hammer, banging the anvil, and she's actually taking screws that you screw in, and she starts banging them in the wood, which is fine. I don't care. you know. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, you guys can do this, but you got to wear safety glasses. So uh, I bought like okay. a bunch of child-sized safety glasses, mm-hmm. and I bought um, small safety glasses. So And I bought like small gloves, so there's plenty of gloves. I bought a bunch of aprons, and, then, and I got way too many aprons so i bought aprons and then the order gets like kicked back off amazon Mm. or it says oh we're gonna have a delay and i'm like 
you know, I was trying to like, like June 2nd, I bought these a- a- aprons because I wanted to have like things ordered by my goal yeah, was June yeah, 1st. Get it done. And uh, so by the time I get the, the money converted from crypto into Amazon uh, gift card, um, which I did like seven different ways to make it happen, which was interesting. But anyways, uh, they're like, oh, this isn't going to be here until, you know, July 10th. And, uh, you know, if you need Oops. it sooner, or you know, cho- you can choose similar products from these guys. Uh-huh. So I went and so I'd like, I guess I didn't cancel that order. Uh, I thought I did. Uh-huh. And so I went and I ordered like similar products from other guys that, and I did get from other vendors on Amazon. They were a little more money. Uh, but it showed up before pork fest, so I had right. it. But when I got home, I had a bunch more because I forgot to like, cancel the, <laughs> the order. Other one came through. Um, there was, you know, it was there when I got home. Uh-huh. But um, uh, so I, uh, some things about uh, man camp is uh, uh, the moms were sort of relieved after they saw other little kids doing it, mm-hmm. and then uh, there was one boy. He was twelve, and I think he played. I think he was into video games, uh, but. Uh, his mom was like very concerned about him getting hurt, and uh, she was probably a hover mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and helicopter uh, parent, yeah. Uh, wait, but she let him. Actually, as soon as he started doing it, she walked away. So okay, she wasn't good. that helicopter. All right, that's not bad. She's like, "Can I leave now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, he's cool." <laughs> and uh, but but they watched the six year old boy Warner just uh-huh. just like crank out. Like Warner did such a good a good job. I wish I had video of him doing it. Hmm. Um, but uh, but he but I told him he could do man camp like three days before he actually got to do it, mm-hmm. and every day he's like, "Mom, can I go do man camp today?" <laughs> no, you can't. It's, that's going to be on Thursday or whatever day he was doing man camp. Yeah. We kind of scheduled his, and um, but but after that, mom, they after they saw the six year old boy make this and and just handling everything, and and I had him handling the tongs, and and I was using vice grips too to uh to hold the hot stuff so the kids could just hold on to the vice grip and not because okay. tongs you have to like squeeze them with your hand it's a little more of a challenge yeah uh, but that six-year-old he, he he cranked it out and did awesome the mom was like oh my 12 year old can do that the campfire cooker set that we we make so you can make either a tripod thing to like hang like a dutch oven from or it can be made as like a spit you put these two things into the ground and you have a bar going across and you can hang hooks off it and you, you could either you could actually take like a 60 pound pig and put this put it around the spit and wire it on there and cook it or you can do it with chickens we've done it with chickens like silver dave did his uh, and, and luke radowski a couple of years ago in 2020 we did the survival apocalypse training and that's what we did we uh everybody uh caught a chicken and then they killed the chicken you know they came and did the survival apocalypse training and mm. they and they skinned it and then they cooked it on a spit over a campfire mm-hmm. uh, that, that was uh part of the deals at so anyways uh, you can make a campfire cooker set which is a really good family thing to do um, and I really encourage dads and moms to get in there and, and just do the hammering on, on these projects. Cause you take a, you know, like a six year old kid who hasn't swung a hammer much. Um, it wears them out quick. I mean, I watched a 12 year old get mm-hmm. worn out real quick. Uh, and then like the, the one seven year old kid, him and his dad did it and, and, it, and it went really fast because, you know, dad, dad, you know, an, an adult can hammer quite well, can bang sure. iron good versus a kid. And when, um, and, that kind of like working with dad and presenting that, uh, and that just helps their relationship, makes that bond stronger. Uh, and even the one mom who participated with her kid, you know, they just, um, they were, the, the, you could tell uh, that definitely some neurons had to fire in both of their brains, uh, you know, to um, to make it all happen, so, and which is good. That's what we want. We yep. want to exercise the brain and exercise the confidence. New experience, for sure.
Uh, you mentioned Silver Dave. He's uh, somebody we've had on the show from time to time as a guest or a guest yep. co-host. He used to do uh, the like, this like really fancy cooking yep. at Pork Fest and Fork Fest, where you'd he would announce in advance like what the meal was going to yep. be, and it would be like lemon crusted fish you know salmon yeah, freshly yeah. purchased from the market with yep. like fancy veggies and everything like it'd be a 25 dollar plate but it'd be the best damn food on the campground dollar plate now yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. well he, I, is he even doing it now because it looked like he no. was doing all silver dave silver stuff only silver year. yeah um so he's got uh his silver line is heavy metal construction and uh local silvermint.com i think mm-hmm. is where you find him uh, yeah, but so Dave, these were the years where he do he was yep. sort of out of the silver game and he was doing yeah. cu- custom cooking yep. for it for people. And I, I had to say I had to told Bonnie I was like, man, it's a shame Silver Dave isn't cooking this year because he was the best on the the whole campground. But uh, glad last, to see he was doing la- something else last year um, when he did all the cooking. He's like, you know, the week after Pork Fest is uh, Dave was just inviting all of his friends over to the domes and mm-hmm. cooking them up filet mignons and lemon crusted. <laughs> um, sahi something tuna or whatever and we were just having gourmet meals almost every other night you know because awesome. he's just he had all this leftover stuff so well he fir- must not have done well because the years he was cooking right. previous to that he would sell out every yep. single night yeah, he didn't sell out last year wow and so okay. so it was a, the autonomy cafe kind of did the gourmet cooking so uh-huh. they did lobster tail and they okay. did steak and they did some kind of i'm glad fish. someone filled in the gaps That's yeah good. yeah they filled yeah. in the gaps but there was a lot of food there and a lot of families brought food because hmm. you know well you know you you bring like you know you your wife and three kids to pork yeah. fest you, add you could burn two hundred dollars a day sure. just in yeah. food, uh, or you can spend you know three hundred bucks at the grocery store and you know feed yourself, sure. you know for the entire week. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, I mean for me going to that event uh, as someone without a family, part of the fun is going around to the different food right. vendors and seeing what all's out there. And uh, Bonnie and I were able to come up for two days of Pork Fest this year. We also went up for one day of Fork Fest, which is the decentralized alternative festival that happens prior to. Uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And there's been actually a lot of talk. I mean, every year after Pork Fest is done, the Fork Festers are always talking about like, all right, well, what do we do next year? And it seems like there's a larger interest in Fork Fest in 2024, at least right now. Hopefully it'll that will continue on. Uh, folks like Taryn Lupo, you mentioned earlier, who's a very uh, well-known chiropractor within the community and uh, a content producer as well. Uh, he says he wants to zero in on Fork Fest and like go and actually invite some of the people that used to come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival all the time and they just haven't been for years and try to like reach out to them directly. People like some of our former co-hosts like Sam Dodson and uh, people like that and say, hey, you know, come on back, come up to, to Fork Fest. Like if you still don't want to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, we want to try to get more people to go to uh, to Fork Fest. So I'm glad to I'm glad that there's so much. Uh, renewed interest i guess it was due to some of the controversies i mean there's always pork fest always has its controversies people oh, yeah, always have disagreements there's always disagreements with the uh, the organizers and such so maybe we will see uh more people going to fork fest next year i hope i i wouldn't want to be an organizer for pork fest i used to no organize I, I wouldn't either truck pulls and stuff and oh man that's a lot it's of a work. thankless thankless job in a lot of ways it, it, it is and you, and you do all this work and then all of a sudden all that work you've done doesn't count right now because somebody said no <laughs> you know or somebody's or, mad about something right right or whatever yeah, yeah, right? It's, it's difficult yeah uh, and uh, you know and we talked to dennis uh who was the main organizer of the porcupine freedom festival on the air on free talk live and i said you know you could try to decentralize this thing even further 
you know, you could, uh, for instance, just let the market decide on who's going to rent the pavilion, right? Yep. It doesn't have to be the Free State Project that rents the pavilion and decides on who speaks. Somebody else could do that. It could be uh, Jeffrey Tucker's Brownstone Institute. It could be, you know, Reason Magazine. It could yeah. be anybody. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.